Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. Recapping this week in Seahawks news, we got Pete Carroll down at the NFL's annual league meeting in Florida. He spoke to the media down there, and it feels like we've been hearing from Pete Carroll a lot these last few weeks, ever since the start of the new league year, the Russell Wilson trade. We got Bobby Wagner leaving this week, going down to the Rams, which still sickens me to say out loud. But it's lots of news, lots of news for us Seahawks fans. One of the big products of the meeting, though, was news to all NFL fans. The decision to change the overtime rules in the playoffs that allow for both teams to possess the ball at least once. Here's what Pete has to say about it. Yeah, I, I like that we're trying to, f- to figure it out. I like that we continue to progress to figure out, you know, is there a better way to do this thing? And, and I, I would like to see both teams have an equal shot. That's, that's what I'm hoping that they get. And it doesn't feel like that when you go right down the field and score. We, we've been a beneficiary of, of that success, you know, over the years, it seems. That's how I, I remember it. But uh, I still think it's, it should be as balanced as it can be. Moving on to Seahawks football, Carroll was asked whether or not he expects Geno Smith to remain with the team next season. And Geno, despite some of the things that we've heard from Pete and John over the past few weeks, he's still a free agent. I think so. I mean, every, all of our conversations are along that, that way. But uh, and I think it would be a shame if, if he misses this opportunity. This is, he's, he's invested a lot with us. Uh, he knows our system the best. He performed well at it once he got going last year. You know, can he take off from where he finished up? You know, unfortunately, you know, the Jacksonville game was his last game, and, and, and uh, it, it was almost a perfect football game for him, you know. And so um, we have very high hopes that he can run the system really well. And uh, so I, he's not going to miss the opportunity. I can't imagine it's just too good for him. Regardless of whether or not Smith re-signs with the team, the Seahawks will at least have Drew Locke at quarterback entering the season. Barring any other unexpected moves, really good guy. He's really um, balanced. He's got a, a, a clear mentality about him. He's um, he's positive. He's a positive, optimistic kid. Uh, he's looking forward to being a great player. That's what he, he's come into the league. He's all. That's the only way he's ever known himself. He's been in the kind of a mode where he has not been able to recognize the person that he knows himself to be. And so he's really he's really driven to, to take in all of the information. He's He's doing everything right. He's doing everything right. So uh, I can't wait till he starts throwing with our guys and we get some feedback on that, just how, how they, they sense him. But we know that, he, we know that he's, he's presenting himself to be successful. Of course, for those of us who are not fully on board the Drew Locke train, it's good news to hear that the Seahawks remain interested in any opportunities that may arise at the quarterback spot. We are totally in, in, in that mentality that the fourth guy may be impo- important to us and uh, for the long haul of how it takes. So we're uh, we're definitely still in the quarterback business. Lots of quarterback options still out there. Colin Kaepernick, one of them, but he does not seem to be the fourth quarterback that the Seahawks may look for. Our conversations have not progressed from the early connection that we made. Um, I've watched a bunch of his workouts and stuff. He sent me stuff along the way to kind of keep me up with what's going on. He's, he's really working hard. He's all over the country traveling around, you know, getting his workouts in. So he's still, he's still competing for it. Whoever ends up starting behind center, the run game expected to be a big help for that quarterback. And it would be especially bolstered with the return of running back Chris Carson. Chris is feeling pretty good. He, you know, he's making progress. He's looking forward to playing. He thinks he's going to be able to pull it off. You know, so um, we're, we're looking optimistically at it. Um, 
he won't know until he gets back and really gets going. He, physically, he'll be able to run around and all that kind of stuff. It's whether or not he can take the hits and all that kind of stuff. We'll just have to wait and see what he's planning on. In addition to some healthy running backs, some key help could come from some solid play at center. Well, I, I think it's as loaded as it can get. Um, Austin Blythe is a really good football player in our, in our program. And uh, the background that Andy's had with him and Shane have had with him, uh, and the, the reason that they championed getting him back is because of his smarts and his control and his command. He's a little different style athlete than some of the guys. We played play pretty tall guys over the last couple of years, and, and it's been a challenge for 6'5 guys to play that spot. There's not very many 6'5 centers that play. And uh, he's a different makeup. Uh, his wrestling background, and his, you know, his kind of historic wrestling background for him, being from Iowa and all, is, uh, shows up. He's got a knack about him and how he moves and all that. But the most valuable thing that he brings and will give him a chance to compete for the starting job is his command and his ability to help a new quarterback, possibly. Um, still young guards, possibly, you know, with, with uh, D. Lou playing and uh, Phil Haynes battling, you know, with Gabe and all. There's some really good competition there, but he should be uh, the kind of guy that helps guys play better around him. That's just what we're counting on. So, um, it, you know, Kyle did a nice job last year when he played. Uh, we're looking forward to Shep and see what he can do, too. Uh, he hasn't really had a good opportunity yet, and he's going to get one. Those guys are going to get a very competitive uh, opportunity there and really want to see those guys all play and battle and show, show us what they got. So we have flexibility. Uh, we've got depth, and, and, uh, and we've got some maybe some, a new aspect to our leadership in that position. And yes, while the Seahawks may be, quote-unquote, loaded at center, there may still be question marks at the tackle spots, but Carroll said that free agents Dwayne Brown and Brandon Shell are still very much possibilities to return next season. Carroll reported that Shell has not had surgery on the shoulder that caused him to miss a few games as a Seahawk. No, he did not. He did not. He, um, he's re been rehabbing throughout um, the decision. That was a big decision for him to make, and uh, so he's in a, in, in a full rehab mode. Um, all the reports are that he's doing really well. Before we flip over to a few bits of defensive news, here's what Pete Carroll had to say about a potential extension with wide receiver DK Metcalf. We intend for him to be with us. You know, we love to figure that out. So um, we're in a normal kind of mode this time of year. You know, we're not to that topic yet, uh, specifically because we got so many other things going on. But we'd love to have him. There's, there's no way I could imagine playing without him. Yeah, I don't know if I like how he started that by saying that he had no intent to trade DK, which, of course, was what he said about Russell. But I think he saved it a little bit there at the end, saying he couldn't imagine playing without him. So flipping over to the defensive side, Kerry Hyder and Carlos Dunlap were both recently cut. Hyder has since returned to San Francisco, while Dunlap remains a free agent. You can see we, we, we put together a, a different group, you know, is, is what's happened. You know, getting Channel was really a, a big deal to us. Seeing the development of Daryl was, was important to us. Um, we, we thought that we could make a shift there, and obviously there's always the financial issues. Those are the decisions that fall into the category of the really tough ones this time of year. One defensive signing for Pete Carroll to speak on was that the Seahawks recently brought in cornerback Justin Coleman for his second stint with the team. Justin Coleman was a, was a classic uh, you know, nickel corner. He was, he was tough and physical. We had seen him at New England. We traded for him at the time. He came in and did really well. He got paid a bunch of money when he went on, you know, and so he comes back around with a whole world of experiences to add to it. But the core of who this kid is, he's a tough guy. He competes his butt off. 
Uh, he, he's a great guy to have in your club. He contributes on special teams as well. He's played a lot of corner too, and he's been in a lot of difficult situations, particularly at Miami, uh, in his one-on-one -on -one matchups and the way that they played him. So we've seen him really clearly, and uh, he just brings an element of competition that's exactly what we And that is going to do it for this show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Con C-O-N-N. A lot to check out up at fieldgoals.com. No April Fool's jokes, of course, but you do see an article which you may think is an April Fool's joke as Frank T. Raines gives us five reasons why the Seahawks should trade for Jared Goff. Again, not an April Fool's joke, despite coming out on the first, but... This is where we're at with regard to the quarterback spot, where we have to consider these possibilities. Samuel R. Gold, he has Kenny Pickett in his film room, if you want to take a look at what Sam's scouting of Pickett looks like. Also, some other signings in that the Seahawks bring back another Penny with Penny Hart coming back to the team. And if you missed DK Metcalf this past week, he was on a podcast with Kevin Garnett, where he announced just how much candy that he eats, which is kind of crazy. Uh, that's in the pre-snap reads for April 1st. You can check it all out up at fieldgoals.com. I will be back later this week with more Seahawks talk. And until then, go Hawks. <laughs>